Greetings. It's been a while. We've missed you. We hope you've missed us. Forgive us, we took a long break. Turns out October was way too outrageous, even for a sports podcast for the outrage era. But, lament no more, we're back, and we're doling out the harshness like never before. This episode was recorded about a week before it finally uploads, so forgive us if we're a bit tardy on events. But this was mostly a catch-up for us. We'll revisit the World Series, talk about state of the NFL, and uh, we'll also devote an entire Homer segment to discuss Kirby Smart and Georgia's quarterback situation. Also, we're going to talk about a weapon called a lemon squeezer, which is famous for killing U.S. President William McKinley. So much fun stuff. So, without further ado, welcome back to Let Them Eat Takes. Welcome back to Let Them Eat Takes. I'm Phil. I'm doing Jonathan's job this time. I think I'm doing okay so far. Am I doing okay, guys? Way more intense than I do it, but it's okay. I'm trying. That to... was terrible. <laughs> Dang it. That was as bad as the election coverage. Welcome back to Let Them Eat Takes. Yeah, that's the good stuff. That's it. So... I definitely miss talking about sports. And I don't miss talking about politics at all. If I never do it again, it'll be too soon. Good luck. This is our politics episode. Oh. We're going to talk about all the fraudulent votes in Michigan, Wisconsin. No, just kidding. We don't. Show, folks. Thanks for tuning in. <laughs> so, how we been doing? We're, what have we been up to? We haven't recorded in a while. Why is that? I can tell you why on my end. I have been working a lot, and that's a good thing, but also makes it hard to do stuff. Also, I was very sad when the Braves were bounced from the playoffs. Yeah, you know? I think for me, it was a combination of getting really busy, getting really bummed by sports, because uh, a lot of my favorite teams had a really rough October, and yeah... I think I just, I don't know, it was a little bit of fatigue, but I'm really glad to be back. I don't know what to say. I mean, first time dot gif. I mean, come on, people. It's <laughs> just rinse and repeat. You know, you say that, Scott, like I should know better than to trust Atlanta teams that go, you know, that get a substantial lead. Like, oh, the Braves have a 3-1 series lead against the Dodgers. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> Or the Georgia Bulldogs have a really deep team, really good defense, just depth all around. What could possibly go wrong? It turns out <laughs> everything. Everything can go wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I have this theory that uh, the state of Georgia is being punished for something. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's oh, it, the 96 we, Olympics. Yeah, we sold our soul for the 96 Olympics. Since then, everything has... Broken wrong. We don't even have outcasts anymore. I'll tell you we don't you even what, have outcasts. There's, there's a lot. That makes a lot of sense, guy. 
I mean, that makes a lot of sense. everything just goes sideways. Like, I know we we're talking about the election, but like, even in Georgia, we couldn't even get that right. Like, they may never call. <laughs> they may never call Georgia for Biden or Trump. Just is what it is. We screwed it up. <laughs> well, so. yeah, I'm glad to be back. Today, we're just gonna catch up a little bit on things that have happened. Over the past several months, couple months, several weeks. I don't know how long it's been. I haven't looked at a calendar since uh, what we last year is it? posted. I think it's 2020. I do know that. 2020 <laughs> is a year that's going to be like remembered as the year of darkness for so long. By so many. And for good reasons. Um, you know, I thought we were going to get one good thing out of 2020, which was the that? Masters being canceled. No. And they just rescheduled the friggin' thing. So. Oh, I saw, come on. I saw... Oh, Oh man, I got, I'm, I got... I'm sorry, Justin. I don't support institutional racism. Do you? Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh, hit hit me with the low ball. There you go. There's no um, way to. Do... <laughs> I I saw Andy Staples. Oh, I didn't hit you with a black ball because they're not allowed in Augusta. Andy <laughs> Staples. Oh. <laughs> Kill me now. <laughs> Kick me while I'm down, Scott. <laughs> I did see Andy Staples tweeted. Uh, uh, if uh, he was tweeting about doing a Christmas Carol ranking and people were like, oh, you hate Thanksgiving. And he's like, I love Thanksgiving, but this year I'm eating turkey by the Christmas tree. And then some guy was like, hey, it's going to be real weird watching the Masters next to a twinkling Christmas tree. And Annie Saples said, that would require me to watch golf, so no real danger. <laughs> hey, man, yeah, that's I boy. just look. Hey, Andy Staples, I... that's my boy right there. Your boy Andy Staples. I just saw mm-hmm. some pictures of the uh, the practice going on at Augusta National, and like I've never seen it with the uh, autumnal colors. I don't know what they injected into the trees in Augusta to make them turn red, but it worked really well. <laughs> the trees are pretty. dope. The trees are on the cream. Uh, I <laughs> I'm not that it's far from Augusta, and it is the filter. I, I mean, might have been. I, I, I have a lot of friends who are really passionate about not just golf, but specifically the Masters. I get it. It's like the Southern thing. It's a Georgia thing. I I, I understand the appeal, but I, I just I'm not going to watch any. <laughs> Imagine if uh, Babe Ruth uh, built a ballpark uh, and designed did he, it for his preferences. I don't think so. But Bobby Jones designed. Uh, Augusta National's golf course. That's kind of special. If Babe Bruce... So, who is Bobby Jones? I, I don't remember all my presidents. Was he Fordham for some reason? <laughs> he took over for Woodrow Wilson when he was in uh, physically incapable of running the office. So, he was... Maybe Babe... he was assassinated? No, I think Woodrow Wilson just got really sick and couldn't do anything. That's Wait, real. Which one was assassinated, Wilson or McKinley? McKinley. McKinley. I always get those mixed up. Yeah, he was killed with a device called, I think it was called a lemon pistol. It was like a really weird concealed thing. You have to look it up, whatever. I don't know. If that was in a video well, game, people would be so pissed off because it's too stupid to be real. <laughs> lemon pistol? Killed with a lemon pistol? Hire some freaking writers. This is garbage. I can't believe I paid $60 for this. Okay, it wasn't so, called. Uh, it wasn't just called a uh, a lemon pistol. It's called the lemon squeezer. 
It was a uh, a rare <laughs> okay. 32 caliber 32 caliber five bullet revolver held in the palm and fired by squeezing the back strap. One of these was used to assassinate President McKinley. I think I knew what you're talking about. I didn't know it was called that. Yeah, it looks anyway. Okay. It looks so that sounds like a hell. much better, much more creative video game all of a sudden. It's true. It's like an Assassin's Creed kind of weapon. It is. It is like an Assassin's Creed weapon. Yeah, in one of the Assassin's Creeds, you get a gunshot and it reloads. I think you get up to six rounds. It blasts people. It's great. Yeah, yeah, I played that <laughs> one. Um, color me skeptical that back in the Renaissance, they came up with a pistol on your wrist that had an accuracy range of up to 80 yards. And if I know it, one thing, if, if it did exist, Leonardo da Vinci is who built it. Because that's what oh. the Assassin's Creed game took. So I gotta right. say, I feel like there's a golden opportunity to bring Arnold out of retirement and put him in like an Assassin's Creed 2 movie just so that somebody can have the scene where they teach him how to use the lemon squeezer and assassinate <laughs> somebody and says, I'm making lemonade. It's like a really bad <laughs> Arnold tagline. Mm. I'm making lemonade. I'll eat that up. Yeah. Perhaps you want some lemonade. Anyway. Hey, uh, hot take, you guys. The Houston Rockets are falling apart. Is yeah, that so? I saw, yeah, I think Russell Westbrook doesn't want to be there. It's oh, no, no. It, yeah, it's it's better than that. It's, it's also way more entertaining than that. So, oh, yeah. you know, they fired their coach, who's a very good coach and wasn't probably the reason why they didn't win titles. And they also got rid of their GM, who they fired because he said bad things about China, like killing and oppressing people, so they fired yeah. him for that. Yeah. Um, and so then it came out today that for the past two or three weeks, James Harden has not been in contact with anybody in the organization, has not been returning any phone calls, completely silent, avoiding everybody. Right. So everybody freaks out, says, "Oh no, Westbrook, or uh, you know, Harden wants out." And then a couple hours later, it leaked that Russell Westbrook wants out of Houston. And like 10 minutes after that, <laughs> the leaks were that Harden is excited about staying in Houston. <laughs> he finally picked up that phone. Yeah, he was like, oh, oh. I'm in, guys. I'm good to go. That's hilarious. Oh, oh by the way, it's worth mentioning that uh, they traded for Westbrook because he was friends with Harden. So... Ooh. The Rockets! Yay! Oh my gosh! Ugh. All right, we got some hasty takes here. Prepare! I'm not, I don't, I'm not sure if if it's one that you put in there. Just be prepared to do it. I'll do That's this I'll first. Say. I'll do this first one since it was me. So I don't we'll know if you heard. Off. I don't know if you heard, but uh, Liberty University is uh, one of the few undefeated teams left in college football. Whatever, whatever the hell season we're having right now, whatever that counts for. They are, I think, seven and zero, something like that. Yeah, uh, they so, are. They're undefeated. So, um, I tell you, who's, never mind. We're not going to talk they, about. They had a a big upset uh, against West Virginia or something. Yeah, something stupid like that. Um, right now, Jerry Falwell Jr. is waiting for a big upset victory in court. That's it. But the, it's not a politics discussion. It's not politics podcast. It's sports. Oh, it has anything to do with politics. Just law. <laughs> I mean, he's just a skeezy guy, so I don't feel bad making fun of him. But anyway, so Are you talking about Hugh Freeze? Is... <laughs> yes, I am talking about Hugh Freeze. 
I mean, I just got to say, it's a beautiful thing to have Hugh Freeze at Liberty. Um, you know, one of the first definitions of Liberty is the power to do as one pleases. And that just really fits for Hugh Freeze. Oh, yeah. And like he and Jerry Jr. were just a match made also, in heaven. It's private, right? It's a private university. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's private. They That's have... good. Because then nobody can uh, FOIA your state phone records and realize <laughs> that you've been calling prostitutes for yourself and, and team members. At Liberty so, University, you can do that. Jerry Falwell Jr. is suing Liberty right now after they forced him to resign. Yeah. And, uh, I said a screenshot of part of his deposition to Justin like a week or so ago. Oh, it's epic. And it, it, epic. Said, it says the following. Are you going to read this it to us? Jerry, hell yeah. <laughs> well, I, this is Jerry Falwell Jr.'s deposition. Quote, well, I fool around sometimes. I do. When a girl seduces me and tells me all of these hot stories and dirty things and tells me how much she wants to suck on me and take my shoes off and lick my feet and touch me. When I'm in the limousine, she takes all of her clothes, takes off all of her clothes. The limo driver said, what's going on? And she started sucking me on the way to Mr. Coon's house. And I thank her. I thank her for making me feel good. Um, sir, the question was, is this your handwriting? <laughs> <laughs> that, I mean, that has to be fake, right? Even no, it's in real. This... Oh it's, real. it's real. The, the person asked him a question, and he answers that way. He's like, sir, the question was, is this your handwriting? Even so, if it's not real. So is he still married? I have no idea. Gosh, you don't, well, I don't, look, that whole situation's weird. There's like a weird thing where like his wife was having an affair with someone who used to be their pool boy, but apparently Jerry knew about it and maybe sometimes watched them like do things in the bedroom. Ugh. But uh, we're not, that's neither here nor there. So Jerry Falwell Jr., believe it or not, is no longer uh, employed by the conservative Christian university. Turns out you could do a lot of things and be forgiven as long as you voted yeah. Republican straight down the ballot. But uh, that wasn't one of them. So bye-bye, Jerry. And uh, Now, to be fair, we did mention that it's okay to be the coach if you were uh, calling prostitutes on your state-issued cell phone. And it's also worth noting that you can be the athletic director even if you presided over the largest, you know, rape cases in recent memory at Baylor. So. Gosh. Yeah, so it's a good collection made. going on at Liberty. Yeah, yeah, they were a match made in heaven. Jerry Falwell Jr. probably out for good. Uh, Hugh Freeze might not stick around that much longer either. Uh, Matt Barry tweeted out Hugh Freeze should answer if an 803 number calls. Dot 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 803. If you don't know, that is the area code, uh, roughly of Columbia, South Carolina. So, alluding to can't. So the question and the conversation has shifted towards Hugh Freeze. Is he coming back to the SEC anytime soon? And is South Carolina a good The fit? answer, of course, is yes. Most yeah. definitely. If he comes to South Carolina, I would be so frustrated because he can coach an offense. I'll tell you that. It's for, our brand. For what for it's worth, he, he signed an extension through 2026 earlier today. Oh, Liberty got him locked up. Yeah, now, but I, I, I don't know the buyout numbers, so I'll, we'll see. Yes, but I heard, people, I heard another rumor that said he might go to Auburn. Jeez. Which I mean, you, like, if, the, if, the, if like, you had to pick any school of the SEC, you'd be like, yeah, Auburn makes sense. Yeah, 
probably a better fit in South Carolina. I know uh, South Carolina fans are desperate enough to win, to bring on a sleaze bag. In fact, uh, if the late 2000s, early 2010s taught us anything, is that South Carolina thinks it is a blue blood of college football and has yet to attain that status. But, uh, yeah, maybe that could be a good match. So I nothing says I don't know blue, but buy. like going to the Outback Bowl twice. <laughs> hey man, that hit that Jadevian Clowney did, or whatever the name of that Michigan quarterback was, was just so sick. Dad hit like, hey, where, where, where did that happen? Outback Bowl. That that's, the Michigan, that's the only Michigan State quarterback I can think of right now. I think it was, was a Michigan back. or Michigan State. I think it was Gardner, wasn't it? Was it Michigan, Michigan or Michigan it was, State? It Michigan. was Michigan. Then it was not Chad Henney. It was Savage. No, Chad uh, Henney was already in the NFL at that time. Chad Henney's dude, like 40. I, right I'm now. getting my Michigan and my... I'm sorry. I'll stop talking. We should move on. Yeah, let's so, move on. Uh, Vincent Smith. Vincent Smith. All right. F's in the chat. F's in the chat for Vincent Smith. You got your bell wrong. <laughs> so Bill Belichick, uh, his team's not doing that well this year. It turns I feel out so bad for him. No. I know if he just needs seven rings. Um, I'll go ahead and take this moment to admit that I was wrong. I don't know if I said it on this podcast, but I told a lot of people I thought Brady was going to just fall off a cliff this year, and that totally has not been what's happening. Well, uh, he's had a couple rough games. Past week. <laughs> yeah, he's had yeah, some rough games recently. <laughs> Was it three or four? I lost. I don't know. His age is catching up with him. His, but he had a heart. He had a really hot start in Tampa Bay, but the Patriots just kind of floundered. Part of that's just bad luck. Part of that is Cam Newton. They played a real. They played a good team too. Yeah. Like most, like most retired senior citizens from the Northeast, his joints are stiffening up as the weather gets a little cooler and cracks below seventy. <sighs> Yeah, but he wears all that. He wears all that weird, like you know, animal furs and stuff that just restricts his movement. So I think he kind of does that to himself. That's not a good joke. Whatever. Anyway, Bill's doing what a lot of what any coach would do if they've already kind of secured their spot in the Hall of Fame and nothing really matters anymore. He's just kind of talking candidly. And someone asked him about his time with the New York Jets and talk about him leaving. No, he was ever with the New York Jets. I think he, wait a minute. Yeah, he was with the Jets. He was there for one day as the head coach and quit. That's why I don't remember it. You're kidding me. Is that real? Yeah, it's real. Mm -hmm. And here's what he had to say about it, about leaving. One of the greatest moments of my career. That wasn't a good situation for me, and I didn't want to be a part of it, so I wasn't. Do you know how many current New York Jets, (laughs) how many current New York Jets do you think now would love to have that story years from now? They already Jets lost right now, Jamal Adams. Jets right now are are really bad. And to even have that story come out. Right now? On, yeah. Right now they're really bad? <laughs> well, you know what I mean. They're having another one of their bad seasons. Like they're winless, right? I don't think they're like 0-7, 0-8, something like that. Yeah, so remind me, how long was Belichick the head coach there again? Uh, I'm going to say less than 24 hours. So in that time, he probably won how many games? Zilch, right? There are 12 players in the Jets that also have won zero games. Wow. 
like in their whole it's career. Mid- no, it's, yeah, it's mid November. <laughs> oh Man. my gosh. They must be in a race with the rest of the NFC East for Trevor Lawrence right now. No, they got Joe Flacco. They're set. Woof. Anyway. Who did this David West one? That was Scott. I mean, on Twitter. what's it say? It says David West on when he knew it was time to retire. Oh, he that said, crap was funny. Okay. I tried to post up on Josh Hart a couple times, and I couldn't post him up. Literally during the game, I'm telling myself, yo, if you can't move this cat, you got to go. It's time. <laughs> How bad does it suck to be Josh Hart right now? <laughs> I mean, at least Ooh. you're part of when people ask like, oh, so tell me about David West's career. How did it end? Oh, it ended because he uh, he figured out he couldn't defend me or uh, get he couldn't me. couldn't physically Basically. dominate me and knew that meant he was washed up. <laughs> Yeah. Oh man, that's funny. So I'm guessing he retired. Uh sounds like it. <laughs> um, that's funny. I mean, he is 40 years old. I, that's pretty impressive to make it in the NBA that long and still be getting some time on the court. Like, who was that guy from? He was one of the Michigan Fab five guys who was on the Miami Heat, but he mostly he wore a suit most games because he was yeah. basically just a coach. Oh, Jawan Howard? Yeah, yeah, no. it was Jawan Howard. Like, Jawan Howard was about 40 on the Miami Heat, but he mm-hmm. never, like, dressed out for games because he was just there to basically be a coach. The fact that he was getting on the court is pretty impressive, but <sighs> he must have some, like, what's this, I mean... What's the deal with him and Josh Hart? Because it seems really weird that he's going to just single in on this one player. <laughs> That's the reason why I think I should I think retire. I Josh Hart. Um, all right, so I said this next one in. It's from the World Series. Cody Bellinger has this look on his face that is just incredibly dopey slash he just smoked a blunt. True. Um, and so he was on Jimmy Kimmel, and he said, I'm not high during if you look at me in Little League, in the Little League World Series, when I'm 12 years old, I look faded. I was not smoking when I was 12 years old either. I'm not high. That's just how my face looks. <laughs> Which I say, prove it. Prove it, right? It's pretty <laughs> worse smoking weed when you're 12 years old in the Little League World Series. I don't believe you. He really does look high all the time. Yeah, I mean, this picture next Extremely to the quote high. is just... <sighs> it, it, you're like... that... He looks oh, like, the, like your typical stoner character in any like 90s movie. I was going to say, he looks like that meme of the guy who is like, you know, high on shroom something. He's like, dude, what if like, what if like we're just a molecule on a desk and we're about to be brushed off by like a janitor and like a bigger macroverse or something? Oh my God. He looks like that guy from, uh, what's that Dave Chappelle movie in the 90s, Half-Baked? Like, oh, yeah, like the, the random white, white dude. He looks Jim like the random somebody. white dude. Yeah, 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 he looks exactly like him, except the longer hair. Chappelle show on Netflix, y'all. Oh, oh, HBO, is, it, is it really? Yeah, it's it's HBO. HBO. I need that injected in my veins. He did the uh, fantastic, like, 
Chef's Kiss all-time great news dumps make our uh, do list. Uh, yeah, there were some news dumps that you sent. I think I, maybe in the Discord. Oh, it was beautiful, man! Like it's like so impressively bad that it's like amazingly good. Like, during the election night coverage, I think was when they announced that Alex Cora was getting rehired as the Red Sox manager after being fired after all of the cheating stuff. Like, we're just going to slip this in right during the election. You're kidding. They rehired him? I didn't even know about that. Yeah. You know why? It got no media coverage because they did it during the frigging election. Then so they basically it, were just it, like, you sit in timeout for a season. And now yeah. you're back. Probably got paid, too. He doesn't have to work. So he got a three-year vacation. Hey, oh, hold on. There's even more. Then, a couple days later... About 30 seconds after they actually, like, announced that they were calling the race and, you know, people start saying, oh, we're going to have our concession speeches or victory speeches or all that. Utah State is like, oh, we're parting ways with our coach. Okay, see you, buddy. Bye. (laughs) Somebody fired their coach and, yeah, they just dumped it right after they announced the presidential winner. that Nobody would notice. That's brilliant. Why were they trying? There's a... Let me, uh, before you say that, my buddy Michael recommended a podcast called The Edge or something like that. It's about the Houston Astros cheating scandal. I haven't listened to it yet, but I hear it's pretty good. There's a whole podcast dedicated to the Houston Astros? I'm going to listen to it this weekend. Episode one. One bang. (laughs) It's funny because because apparently they, this is based on my conversation with my, my friend, Apparently, they like break it down for even baseball. Like, so it turns out baseball is a game of inches, and so if you have just like a half an inch like advantage, that's a big deal. I'm like, uh, yeah, it is a big deal. I believe uh, it, but they say that about every sport. Football's a game of inches. Soccer is a game of inches. I don't know about that. Marathon races are a game of inches. Chess is a game of inches. Chess literally is a game of inches. <laughs> it's all inches. There's nothing Sorry, but inches. Justin, I cut you off. What were you going to say? Oh, uh, see, the whole Alex Cora thing, that makes sense to me why they would uh, want to be really hush-hush about it because he was a part of the Houston Astros cheating scandal. I don't get with the Utah State guy because like, they rehired him and he didn't really have a good year and then they just didn't want i don't know they they kind of just i don't know you not like not that you'd want to make a big deal about firing somebody but uh i don't know could you elaborate scott on that situation oh i don't think it's as controversial as rehiring cora right it did not necessarily need that same level of uh Sneakiness to it, I don't think. Sneakiness, not coverage, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he does, you know, he sort of has like a a little bit of an interesting past. And there were a lot of people that were blasting Utah State for rehiring him. He was at Utah State, I don't know, 10 years ago or something. He left and did fine at Wisconsin. 
we've kind of seen that everybody does fine at Wisconsin because they're not in charge of Wisconsin. The AD is in charge of Wisconsin, and the coach just kind of stands there and does what the AD says. He went to Oregon State. He went to Oregon State, and he just, like, quit during the middle of the season. Mm. Like, in October. Like, earlier than Bobby Petrino has ever quit midseason. That's a low bar. So then, then they were like, well, let's bring him back to Utah State and have him fix the whole thing up. Um, and yeah, obviously we know how that went. They started zero and three, and then axed. It wasn't as sketchy, really, as the Alex Cora thing. The timing was just hilarious. All right, yeah. Justin, tell me about this. Tell me about this. Uh, this wrench. Oh. Well, we've seen a lot of good um, – I thought this was a touchdown or like an interception or like a turnover chain or whatever. Uh, turns out it's just, a, it's just a tradition they have at Eastern Michigan. So apparently at that institution, they have a 50-pound wrench on the sideline. And during oh the game, God. it cannot well, touch America, the ground. it's isn't it? Right. This is the Rust Belt. You're talking about Michigan. These are people who, like, you know, built the auto industry. You know, this is, you know, this is working class America, right? This is the lifeblood of our country. So they got this giant ass wrench on the sideline and it's green like uh, Eastern Michigan and weighs 50 pounds. And the rule is it cannot touch the ground while on the sideline. So one player must constantly hold the damn thing. <laughs> and Set it on like a like a bench or a gig box or something. No, no, like no, that. no, 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 no. It has to be held up. It has to be held up like the high standards of amateurism in college athletics. It must be manually carried by the student athlete. No one else can can carry this cross for them. It is theirs to bear. It's a learning experience, right? ESPN oh, highlighted. They use it to like work out on the sideline. Are they like sitting there doing curls and stuff like that? No, no, but uh, yeah, <laughs> call Jeff Collins and give him a new gimmick. <laughs> right. I mean, I know Georgia Tech started doing that last year, right? Um, apparently, it was the only time they worked out because they were a tiny team and they were terrible. But yeah, yeah, I would say so. Based yeah, on using all the workouts you can when you're that small, Scotty. Yeah, we work in we work out every Saturday right before the game. Jeez, there were. <laughs> gosh i knew like jeff collins is definitely a little bit more interesting than paul johnson but i knew that his tenure was doomed because one of his assistants uh posted a video of one of their players was holding like a medicine ball between his knees and his assistants were punching the medicine ball (laughs) and the caption was at georgia tech your crotch will be in will be attacked vigorously (laughs) no that's not real it was real. No. The tweet was deleted. I can't show it to you. The tweet has been deleted. Was deleted after that, but people were like, "Well, if you go to Georgia Tech, that's the most your crotch is ever going to be attacked." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but this isn't about Georgia Tech. I, hey, real quick, I, if you try, if you hit up Google and try and find that old tweet, one, you'll probably end up on some sketchy list like me. But also, two, all of the things that pop up as responses are the police.georgiatech.edu annual safety and security <laughs> reports. That's amazing. I love, I, I mean, 
man, I love our Good brothers on the guys, flat. I love our rivals I on actually, the flat. I actually think he was a good hire for them. But. He definitely has more personality than uh, the curmudgeon Johnson, whom I refer to as the Burger Meister Meister Burger. Um, we cannot be passing. Passing is a toy. Here, you must pitch. Run and pitch ball. He's Russian all of a sudden. I thought he was German. I, I know, right? Whatever. Anyway, I'm just messing with you. I'm just messing with you. All right. Well, that's do I... now. I'm imagining Paul Johnson with a Zangief mohawk. <laughs> that's basically Jeff Collins. What's Zangief doing the movie? You remember he does the thumbs up sideways in the Street Fighter the movie with Jean Claude Van Damme. I was thinking of Gladiator. Yeah, one of America's finest cinematic experiences. I think I'm hasty out. Y'all ready to move on or? Yeah, let's move on. Did, did Freddie win the MVP yet? Does anybody know when they're announcing? I don't that? know. They announced Cy Young today, so I guess MVP's tomorrow. Who won it? it they announced the the I don't know. Hell yeah, Trevor. Do what? Announced Silver Slugger. How'd they time that one? I don't know. Uh, I think they I really did think it MVP's during the election. Tomorrow. They did it on election night. They couldn't have done it on freaking well, Monday night before the election. No, sir. Well, no one's ever accused Major League Baseball of really doing things, marketing things well enough to gain fans. So that's one of the things they really struggle with, as evidenced by the way they announced. Uh, the whole league so, is run by like a moldy wet sock. They're just like, put a shirt on it and tell it to be in charge. That's true. Rob Manford is a moldy wet sock. So for this next section, we're going to call it catch up. We're basically going to catch up with some of the things that we've missed over the past several weeks because we haven't gotten together for a while. And we've got three minutes on each uh, topic, um, starting with World Series slash Major League Baseball. And we've already gotten that kind of started because we've established that Rob Manfred is a dirty wet sock who runs his baseball uh, league really poorly. Uh, anybody have any thoughts on the World Series or Major League Baseball? The Dodgers beat the Tampa Bay Rays in the end and have won their world series. Go ahead. Yes. F the poor. <laughs> I can't breathe. I'm now going to do a live reading of the different shades of red. Jonathan is turning right now. He is a, a deep orange Brown with just a hint of red. <laughs> <laughs> what you'll notice as he stays in the oven a little bit longer, we're gonna eventually get to a nice cherry red. <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh, he's he's done. <laughs> Take him out of the oven. I mean, let's let's just be real. <laughs> You've had one of the most stacked rosters for the last five years. Your payroll's over two hundred million dollars, and finally, finally, you won a World Series. I guess the Tampa Bay Rays team during a pandemic in a year you were already favored to win it. <laughs> ah, I love it. There were there were tons of Dodger fan takes that were along the lines of it's just so great after struggling through so many down years for so long. I'm like, friggin' screw you guys. Just because you like a lot of them. You're so right. Who posted this in the in in Discord? The uh, 
the Scott Coleman tweet. I think Scott, you sent that in. Did you send that in Scott? Yes. Is that what you were talking about? Yes. Won't someone think of the Dodger fans who have to suffer through the most wins in baseball since 2013? Payrolls regularly around $200 million. World Series appearances in three of the last four years. Probably the best front office in baseball. And, and an insane roster set up for at least five years. Please think of the Dodger fans during these trying times. <sighs> so insane. Also, I mean, Rob Manfred got like booed off the field, and that was the best part of the whole World Series. Player, uh, I'm sad I missed that. Let me look that up on YouTube. The only thing I'll say about baseball and World Series is a Braves were almost, almost made it there, and if they had made it to the, to the dance, I think they would have won it. So I'm hopeful for this next year. No one's going to take that out from me. I'm not going to do the Atlanta sports thing. I'm excited. I'm going to be excited by the Braves because, frankly, there's not another team to be excited about. <laughs> so they're my Braves. We're doing it. All right, moving on. NFL, Falcons, or I guess other teams. Whatever. I mean, the Falcons have been Preferably playing. other teams. Yeah, let's talk about other teams. We don't even have to okay. talk about the Falcons. Um, apparently, Buffalo is really good. I'm oh, sorry to say, the Falcons are on their quest to 7-9 and nine again. Next. Yeah, that's really all we Can got. We, okay, so here's the thing. We probably, you're probably totally right. But what if they rattle off win after win after win after win, which is very unlikely? Uh, they're a, a wild card round loss in the playoffs. They are drafting a middle linebacker in the late teens instead of having a chance to go after Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, or any other top 10 pick. And they will stay mediocre the next season because their roster sucks. There have been some bright spots recently. The Uluan guy, I can't pronounce his last name, Uluan or something. Oye Uluakon. Uluakon. I didn't know there was a guy. Yeah, he's yeah, been pretty but, good. Yeah, but he's, oh, he's good. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's good. good. There, are, there are good players. The problem is not that there aren't any good players. The problem is that it is not a fully and well-constructed team top to bottom. Definitely not. And that the coaching has topped out at meh. With the exception of the one coach who's very good, who is also now very good in San Francisco. <laughs> Why do you keep You're not right. Here's a here's uh, a here's to me is a little microcosm of how the Falcons have been doing. So as you might recall, two drafts ago, they drafted two offensive linemen in the first round. Uh, one of them right now is actually one of the top graded offensive linemen in the NFL. And the other one is getting consistently pancaked <laughs> on a regular basis. Which one's so, the course, pancaked one? Uh, McGarry is the pancake guy. And Chris Lindstrom is the one. Yeah, really I was about well. to say Lindstrom is probably a good one. Well, everyone thought Lindstrom was going to do everyone was going to do pretty well, and McGarry was always considered a reach, and it turns out that he definitely was a reach, and that was not a good use of first round draft pick. Yeah, and and why were we reaching for McGarry? Because that was our time, and we had to win now instead of being <laughs> right. For problem one, with every good the, decision. I say the problem with the win now attitude is there's always like 10 teams that really think they're in win-now mode. Spoiler, all 10 of those teams cannot win the World Series that year. You're not wrong. Um, 
so other teams in the league. Uh, Buffalo is all of a sudden really good. Josh Allen is like a revelation at quarterback. He's, he is awesome. I actually yeah. watched him play for the first time recently because I knew he got had a really rough rookie season. But man, he is slippery in the pocket. He can run, and like his throwing motion is just something something else like he's the real deal i mean i always feel bad because they always talk about that that span of four years or the buffalo bills made it to the super bowl four years in a row and didn't win oh it. yeah jim kelly and with jim kelly and uh if they ever even got close to that i would totally be rooting for buffalo um sealers are undefeated still right yes they're eight no yes that's yeah. a really that's a really tough division too I mean, outside the Bengals, you got teams that are well over 500, right? The yeah. Browns are third in the division at five and three. Wow. To give you some perspective, uh, let's just, this is how uh, uneven the conferences are. The <laughs> NFC East is currently. <laughs> you knew this was going to go. The NFC East is being yes. led by the three and four Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, my hey, gosh. That's, that's three, three, four, and one. Three, four, and one. They got a tie. Okay. You give them credit. Three, four, and one. Uh, I got to say, the, the last time I looked at some projections, the NFC East winner was projected to have six wins. They're gonna have a oh. six-win team win that division, probably. Yeah, the rest oh. of the rest of that division is a race. Is it to the bottom or from the bottom? I can't tell anymore. But you're talking it's, about it's both. It's to the bottom, from the bottom, from the bottom, to the bottom. They're just going around and around in tiny little circles at the bottom of the Marinara Trench or whatever. Oh, no, it's not no. Marinara Trench, but I don't remember the real name. It's the Madden at a trench. It's where we all the spaghetti go to die. Hey, look, man, that's the NFC East. It's, it's not my fault the, the friggin' New York Giants are making meatballs in the bottom of the ocean, okay? <laughs> all right, so time's up on the NFL. Um, <laughs> time's up on the NFC East, at least. Time's up on the Falcons. Time's up on a lot of things. Mm -hmm. Um College football. Um, so Notre, so uh, number one team still Alabama. Number two is it Notre Dame now? Uh, might be. <laughs> it's got to be Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State then Notre Dame, Dame then Clemson. Yeah. Um, when Notre Dame beat Clemson, that to me confirmed it that this season is just dumb and random and shouldn't be taken that seriously. I don't know. I watched that game and Notre Dame looked really. They played well, pretty well. Yeah, I think it. Yeah. Here's the thing: watching Dame, that game convinced me that Notre Dame is about the tenth best team. <laughs> well, they beat the tenth, one of the best teams. So. Right, the tenth best team playing at home against the top three team who doesn't have their star quarterback and is randomly starting a true freshman and has tons of other major yeah, but injuries. That random true freshman, Scotty. That random room. true freshman passed for more yards than Trevor Lawrence has ever passed. Yeah, <laughs> like he's a record. Sometimes numbers can lie. I also watched times in that game where they had third and fifteen, and they were throwing like halfback screens and wide receiver screens. You know what they do on third and fifteen with Trevor Lawrence? They throw fifty-yard touchdowns. It's very different. But know. all I'm saying is, know. winning a close game yeah, is what you're we, supposed it, to do if you're the tenth yeah, best team yeah. in that scenario. Yeah. So, I mean, they won a double. Yeah. They won a double overtime too. Yeah, it's a bit wonky. Yeah, because they're idiots and they didn't just go for two the first time around. I actually turned the game off that. thinking 
I actually turned the game off before regulation ended, thinking Clemson was just going to win. But to, to me, it underscores a take that was given ahead of this college football season that I didn't take seriously enough at time, which was teams were going to be rewarded with team the teams that were going to benefit the most from the situation were the ones that had the most continuity with coaching and personnel. Yeah, I think Notre Dame had a lot of continuity from last year. They got the same quarterback. They had a lot of the same coaches and players. And, you know, Clemson did have to go in there with a true freshman. And I don't know. That's Well, just... the good news is they'll play each other again, right? Yeah, the good I news is there's a playoff, so this game didn't count. Well, I mean, I'm talking about the ACC championship. They'll play each other in the ACC championship. And then uh, I'm talking about Notre Dame and Clemson. Are they in the same? Right, what I'm saying, what I'm saying the ACC is not doing divisions this year, so it's just the top two finishers meeting in meet in the championship game. But what I'm saying is, since oh, there's a playoff, so this game doesn't matter because it just matters who wins the second time, no matter what happens the first time. Yeah, right. I see what you're saying. Yeah, rematches um, typically favor the losing team too, historically. It's true, especially like like to your point, Scott. Especially when you're bringing Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> well, they good. also, I mean, they were they this were missing a Trevor lot Lawrence of guys good. on defense too. It was just like one of those games uh, where it's like, yeah, they're missing tons of guys on defense too. So it's just like one of those games where it's like, oh look, we're going on the road without five defensive starters and without our quarterback. Like you just kind of keep avoiding saying. I keep avoiding saying the freshman quarterback's name because I cannot pronounce it. You along- That's all right. You along- Nobody can. You Alongale? You Alongale. Oh, hey, you did it. I don't even know I remember, right. I remember when he was being recruited because he was like, you know, the hot stuff there. All right. So yeah. while we're on college football, I know we probably uh, over way over hey, three minutes, but I got to BYU, BYU has been super fun. I got to know. Fullback you. Um, so Georgia lost to Florida. Uh, Georgia's quarterback play has mm. been how you say shit. Um, even regardless of who's in there, it's been bad. So, what the heck is my question? What the heck? Jamie Newman really screwed us. Accurate? Yeah, I mean, nobody wants to hear the reasonable takes, which are just their starting quarterback opted out like. 13 days or 16 days or whatever before the season. And the guy that you were hoping could be second string hasn't been healthy enough to play. So nobody wins anything meaningful when you have to play your third or fourth string quarterbacks all year. That's all there is to it. No, I, and I agree with that. I think that's the, the reasonable take and I told, I'm with you, but here's where here, but I do understand it's incredibly frustrating to be in this situation when you have Georgia quarterbacks being incredibly successful all over the place at Clemson, at Ohio state. You're talking about high school, Georgia quarterbacks. Yes. High school, Georgia quarterbacks. Well, and and in Justin Fields case, former Georgia quarterbacks. Yeah. And so you sit here with the the mailman and Dewan Mathis and you're looking around going, uh, what? And so I understand that frustration. Yeah, I mean it's the same. It's the same frustration that uh, Alabama had last year watching Jalen Hurts playing in the college football playoff because two got hurt, so Alabama didn't make the playoff, and Jalen Hurts left, went to Oklahoma, and did. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I've heard a lot of, I'm actually glad you brought this up because I've been, I think one of the fan bases I've been the most frustrated with recently in college football has been our own because there's been a lot of people who are like, what the hell, Kirby? How come you didn't get the quarterback situation figured out? And they're not <laughs> thinking about the actual variables that played into it. Let's just you go You just say they're not thinking full stop. Right. They just it's it's a stupid control grab thing because everyone every fan on Twitter plays armchair AD or armchair head coach and they think they know what the problem is. And people are like, oh, Kirby just doesn't know that offense is what wins games. He doesn't know that we need a good offense. Like, just shut up, please. Like, do we need a brief history lesson of the Georgia quarterback room? How we got to this point? Do we need that? Uh, you can give me one, yeah. Let's All see right. it. So, like, yeah. So, Jake Fromm played really well his sophomore year. Justin Fields wasn't didn't like they wasn't getting playing time, so he left. You know, and people have tried to spin that to be like, oh well, Kirby should have obviously chosen Fields over Fromm if he knew he was going to leave. Nobody knew he was going to leave. It just happened. It sucked. The kid even said during his recruitment he was fine sitting out a year or taking a red shirt. He just changed his mind and wanted to play at Ohio State. <laughs> What it is. He also went to Ohio State and was there for like a week and called his dad and said he wanted to move and come back to Georgia. And his dad said, No, you made your choice, stay at Ohio State. Yeah. So the kid was 18 years old. Give him a break. Like I made some. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. I'm not just none of this is on Justin Fields at all. I was probably flakier than that when I was 18. Moving on, Jake Fromm is Good, not great. Someone gives him some bad advice, tells him to go pro. Now he's sitting in a deer stand, you know, trying to, you know. Can't confirm. I follow him on Instagram and every every now and again on the stories, he's always in a deer stand every other day. Looking for that 12 point. It's going to be the coldest deer stand in Buffalo. That's for sure. Hey, those upstate New York deer get big, I heard. I don't know. (laughs) Wait for that 12 point to just wander out of that upstate brush. You know, not not probably not going to play any football this year or the next year. So he's gone. He left a, maybe a bit prematurely. And then, as Scott said, maybe Jay a Newman, bit is a way to say it. it's, it's an understatement. Ugh, I don't want to get into it. Anyway, yeah. there's real reasons why we're here. Yeah, look, I mean, once once the quarterback situation went the way it went, the season was kind of probably over. No, I agree with that 100 percent. Here, and I, everything you said, Justin, is makes total sense. What 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 frustrates me is seeing it done elsewhere differently. Well, Georgia was supposed to take this step into this upper tier with, especially with the recruiting, like we're recruiting on the on the level of Alabama and Clemson. But when like a Nick Saban puts their backup in, he doesn't look lost in the headlights. Well, and in you, fact, yes. when Nick Saban puts a backup in, he starts for the entire season or the free, former previous quarterback. Last time, last time Nick Saban had a quarterback get hurt, they put the backup in. He threw two ninety-plus yard pick sixes, and they lost their biggest rivalry game. Oh yes, that was the game which Alabama fans took to Twitter and demanded that Mac Jones be launched into the sun. Is that the one? Yes. Yeah, because fans are smart. I'm just telling you what it looks like, man. Look, I know, but I'm also that? telling you the last time Nick Saban had a quarterback get hurt and he had to play the backup, that guy threw two enormous pick sixes that lost them the biggest game of the year. And so if people want to make up yeah. a narrative based off of cherry-picking stuff, 
And sure, like I can find you a Trump quote that makes him sound like a great guy. That's not the narrative of selling. I'd like to read that quote, first of all. Second of all, (laughs) lots lots of ellipses, man. Lots of ellipses. Earlier, earlier, I do take, I do take, like, I understand there's a lot of dumb fans that say things in incredibly stupid ways. I, I don't think the notion that you need a really elite offense nowadays to win a championship is that far fetched. I just don't. Nobody does. In fact, that's the most the biggest gripe with a lot of Georgia fans is that we have this defensive minded head coach and the the some for some reason they believe that he doesn't want to win with good offenses, despite the fact that he gave up one of his best recruiters on his staff to bring in Todd Munkin. Like the difference between James Coley and Todd Munkin is incredibly stark. James Coley is like a charisma powerhouse. He's maybe not known as being like this great like play designer, but he's really yeah. well liked. He's, he's a recruiter. Yeah, he's a recruiter. If you want to blame Georgia's quarterback situation, you can you might even be able to look at James Coley because that's who was responsible for developing Juwan Mathis and Stetson Bennett. No, that's the thing. the The baseline for Juwan Mathis here. Let me let me read you all the other quarterbacks that were similar level recruits to Juwan Mathis. All right, you tell me if you can. Even tell me where any of these guys play. You'll probably be able to tell me where one guy plays. He's not starting, but you'll know where he plays. Uh, Lance Lance LeJohn, Jalen Jones, Peter Parrish, KJ Jefferson, John Rice Plumley, Jacob Canaver, Juan Mathis, Paul Tyson, Connor Basilek. Those are the other similar uh, quarterback records. Right, because he was committed to Georgia and he plays for Ole Miss and he's the backup there. True. And Connor Basilek is the starter at Missouri because they have a new head coach and it's like a complete rebuild. Juan Mathis is a guy that was never supposed to start at this point in his career. He's a guy that was a, a fantastic athlete and so lots of places wanted him because he's tall, he can run, he can throw the ball a mile. He's a guy that maybe could be a starter in his third or fourth year in the program. Maybe not. He's also a guy that you probably hope isn't starting because you hope you're starting some like five-star first-round draft pick. That's the thing. Uh, Georgia hasn't had a five-star first-round draft pick at quarterback at all since like Stafford. And to be honest, we haven't even sniffed it. Well, So I don't know if that's a recruiting thing or a coaching thing, but it's well, been a while. We had but it's Jake- a pattern. We had Jacob Eason. That's the thing. That pattern mostly was not this head coach that everybody's so mad at. I'm not mad at the head coach. I'm not mad at Kirby. But, but most people are. Uh, okay. Yeah, I mean. So I think it, because he played defense that he, like, is involved with everything quarterback. No, yeah. It's totally stupid. I mean, <laughs> anyway. here's the thing. Everyone acts like other coaches are so on top of the whole quarterback thing. Lest we forget that Dan Mullen thought it was a good idea to start Felipe Franks over Kyle Trask. <laughs> Jalen Hurts started a whole season over to over Tugaloa. Uh, Deshaun Watson. I watched Deshaun Watson play five snaps in a game in Athens. One or two of those were for touchdowns, but Davos Swinney trotted some some vanilla dude. I don't even remember his name. He was Sean Wallace or whatever. No, like, Cole Stout. Deshaun Watson. Cole, Cole Stout. Stout. That's it. 
Deshaun Watson sat on the sideline for 95% of that game where this other dude was getting destroyed by Georgia's defense, which was <laughs> good, but not great. So like, give Kirby a little bit of slack because these other guys who have supposedly done it so well have definitely screwed up in the past. No, and I, I can see that. It's just that when it's all said and done, you know, never mind. Let's be done. Let's be united. <laughs> Let's be done. We are united in that fans are stupid. In these troubling times, when the bonds we all share are threatened to be torn asunder by the quick takes, the hot takes, the medium rare takes, and the takes that are doomed to be deleted on Twitter tomorrow, we need a sports take to bring us back together. Now more than ever, these are the takes that unite us. We have a great take that unites us, right, Justin? Yeah, I think Scott actually sent this to us on the Twitter sphere. Scott, would you like to? Yeah, elaborate? what is it? Uh, it's, Tell about me about Jurassic, it. it's about Jurassic Park, my favorite uh, fictional <laughs> uh, amusement park. <laughs> that was a good one. Okay. So this is by um, someone uh, that goes by the handle T with Tolkien. It's someone that I guess likes Lord of the Rings. But uh, their take that unites us. The thing about Jurassic Park is that we all watched the movies and know it was a terrible idea, but if someone really ever did manage to make some kind of dinosaur zoo, somehow you know we'd all still be going to it. <laughs> That's very and true. Can't agree with. Mm-hmm. Which, I- you know, when they did the Chris Pratt, you know, reboot, whatever, add-on stuff, one of my yeah. first thoughts was... And they're opening another park? Like, that's insane. Nobody would go to that. And then I was like, well, I don't know. It's been 20 years. People would convince themselves that everything's fine now. They would all go. It's true. They really would. They didn't know that the U.S. government wanted to weaponize dinosaurs, though. That's the thing. Like, do you trust? Maybe, maybe, okay, if Trump was president, I think he would try to weaponize velociraptors. Maybe he'd try to own a few. Maybe he'd ride into one. At like an rally in Iowa, but my, uh, my son is two years old, so I've been getting him to say "Dino DNA" lately because it just cracks me up, and I think it's funny. But I gotta get him to do it with the accent. I can't get him to do the accent. So, Dino DNA. <laughs> oh man, we substitute frog DNA. <laughs> well, that's gonna do it for us this week. Bonjour, and thank you for tuning in to Let Them Eat Takes. I hope you appreciated all our catching ups and takes and uh, please do be sure to purchase that Jurassic Park ticket when that amusement park opens because you won't want to miss it. Rob Manfred is the worst. Dirty sock. He's a dirty sock. Yeah, they can feed Rob Manfred to the T-Rex and that'll be enough to get me to pay the price of admission. Just kidding. I don't want to see human beings. I'm not gonna, I'm never gonna pay to see a human being be eviscerated <laughs> for any reason. I'm Manfred's not a human being. <laughs> <laughs>